This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Welcome inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. A reminder, subscribe, rate, and review to the College Football Film Room podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. Chris, I say to you, happy summer, my friend. Oh, that's right. We officially, t- well, you know, in South Louisiana, it gets so hot. It's kind of <laughs> the summer. It's like it's been here and then the calendar says it's summer and it's like, hey, we've been knowing that for a while. But yes, uh, it's a happy summer, which I guess gets us closer to the fall, which yeah, exactly. we like to talk about. For college football. <laughs> exactly. And there's a couple of topics, interesting topics in our what's trending portion of the podcast this week. But I want to start with the news about UConn here in the Northeast. A lot of people are really excited about this, Chris. UConn is likely to rejoin the Big East. Now, for me, growing up in New York, UConn and the Big East were synonymous, right? And of course, I'm talking basketball because that's right. where the Big East and UConn, and and that's what it's known for. When the Big East fell apart and then actually rebranded itself as like a basketball conference only with the Catholic Seven and some other programs, it never felt the same. It wasn't the real Big East. UConn was in the American, all the other big schools, they dispersed. Now UConn's going to rejoin the Big East, but where does it leave their football program? Because the Big East does not have football, Chris. Yeah, um, potentially in peril. Uh, they're looking for a home um, at this point. Conference USA and Mac and the Mac have said no, not interested in you as a football unit. So there, here's herein lies the problem. They don't have a football background that is high prestige enough for any conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody, even even though I, people will laugh when I say like Sunbelt, it's completely geographically stupid compared to Connecticut, but not a, a lot of this geographically doesn't make sense anyway. No league at all. Even the weakest leagues have no interest in adding Connecticut football. They don't resonate on anybody's radar. So I, I think what it does at this stage, uh, unless somebody changes their mind, say the Mac, I don't think Conference USA will, but if one of those do change their mind, then that's maybe an option. Other than that, it is going to have to buy games or basically, you know, get money to go play games. And it's tough as an independent, and they're going to have to kind of find their way there. I, I think it could eventually lead them to going back to Division One AA. And quite mm. frankly, I think that may be the best model for them. I mean, I, I look at what they are. I think, you know, playing the Villanovas of the world in Division I AA may be their best bet. 
you're right. They lost their whole identity in the Big East. And they were the kind of the guy that was left when the music stopped. Everybody found a chair and, and they were sitting there like, what about us? And so when Syracuse and Pitt are going to the ACC, I mean, Connecticut would have just given their right arm to be in the ACC with their basketball heritage and whatnot. And they just, they didn't. So they're not in the ACC. The, their basketball program is, you know, now having to get their base excited about playing South Florida and East Carolina. And that doesn't work. And you just nailed it. It's yes, a basketball school. I myself in the deep South, you know, just love maybe the, of all the college basketball that I love, I'm a big college basketball fan. The, the early eighties biggies was mm-hmm. my favorite. It yep. was the best. I mean, Georgetown, Villanova, St. John, Syracuse. It was, you named it. It was just all really good. And Connecticut wasn't initially all that good until Jim Calhoun got there. So their identity is playing Georgetown, playing St. Josh, playing Villanova. And so I think it's a great move for them. And it's certainly a good move also for, you know, their women's basketball program, which was, Absolutely. I wonder if the fact that they were like 128-0 against a very, very, very weak women's basketball league kind of hurt a little bit of their, you know, their toughness and, because they haven't been, I mean, I know this sounds ridiculous, but if Connecticut doesn't make the final four and win the national championship, mm-hmm. you know, that's a bad year in women's basketball. So maybe they get back. It's it's certainly a better women's basketball league. It's no doubt a much better men's basketball league. Now, the Big East is still not the same. You said you got the Catholic groups, but then you got the Midwest groups and, you know, the Marquettes of the world and Dayton and all that. So it's really good for them, but Football wise, it leaves them without a home, but they kind of was a little bit um, out of the loop anyway. They weren't going to get a whole lot of bump with their AAC look. And listen, for the AAC, I think they ought to go get Army, put them right in Connecticut spot. Uh, currently, Navy's in the west of the mm-hmm. AAC, put Army in there. It's perfect because it's a natural cross. You know, they, they play anytime, anywhere, so it's a natural crossover. And I think it just makes a whole lot of sense. I think that would be a better fit. I don't I don't see BYU as the fit. No, and, and I, think, the I, I think they might not just add anybody. They might just leave well, the spot blank. They might, but I think Army would – if I were them, I uh-huh. would really push for Army. I, I think that that has, um, that has a unique fit for them. Um, that, that would, you know, having both army and Navy in would be really good. Now, I mean, army Navy, you're not going to think, oh boy, the old AAC matchup at the end of the year, it's not <laughs> that, but, but it's still, it's still, I think, I think it would benefit. And I think evening it up, um, you know, seven and seven, it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense as opposed to 13. Uh, I think it does help you with scheduling. I mean, it's not going to hurt you. I think those programs, I mean, an army, I would say would make a lot of sense because I think it would kind of balance it up schedule wise. So I, I would consider that if I were them now, you know, I think that they maybe are, you know, putting it out there that they won't add anybody because I do think from a negotiation standpoint um, that may help them, but I will see where it plays out, but it's, it's not a good look for Connecticut. Quite frankly, they lost a lot of money last year. And I don't know that, quote-unquote, leaving the AAC 
really, I mean, it puts them in a pickle with their football future. But quite frankly, even though they had a home, it just wasn't a really good home and it wasn't a really good yeah. fit for Connecticut. So it's like it, the, the positives for just making the jump for basketball, there's really not, a, I mean, it's a, it's complicated for football because of schedule. Cause who do you schedule? I mean, you're just going to have to, they're going to have no, to. But probably... You hit the nail on the head though. Going back to one double a or, or, you know, FCS, I think it makes the most sense because then you can play, you can have a natural rivalry with like a Villanova. You can play some of the other schools in the Northeast that are, that are in that, you know, sub-conference, whatever it is, the ECAC or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. division they're going to be in. I think that makes the most sense for them rather than going independent and then having to schedule opponents and, and pay for games, as you mentioned, dropping down a division makes the most sense for UConn. Yeah, but it may take a little bit doing that. Here's the other thing. They're going to meet on it. There's some contractual issues. I don't know how immediate this can be, meaning, you know, that that is all part of contractual stipulation. So, how you know, whether they, you know, all contracts can be negotiated out. But, you know, there's still some hurdles. But, that I mean, that's that's where they're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, and I just I, – I think it's probably going it, to – it's some doing to go back to Division One AA. So, uh, it may take a year or so to figure that out. But Connecticut football is really um, – is really struggled, you know. And I think certainly, again, losing lo- – lo- listen, I mean, y- you look at a Rutgers, a program you're very familiar with geographically, and, you know, they – listen – that's a program that that's found a windfall financially, but you know, the loss of the big East football wise, just basically living, not that kinetic was a player, but, but they were, became a little competitive. Mm-hmm. Rutgers had a nice little run. Rutgers is, I don't ever say never. They're not, they're not going to do with they their nice little run in the big East when they were ranked in, in the top five, that ain't happening in the, in the big 10. You know, nope. football Never. wise, it's not going to happen. I mean, and, uh, so now I will make more money and, it, and that's good, but, but you kind of lost that. And and that's Connecticut, even to a lesser level, you know, that's where they are. And, and because they were left out, Rutgers brought in the New Jersey, you know, New York metropolitan area. That was a bigger get. So I hate to put it this way. And I really, you know, for the great folks in stores, it's, it's just, they're not an appealing group. It's, it's not, you know, it's not Boston. It's not New York. I mean, mm-hmm. DC brought the Boston market rug. It's just, they just, they just didn't have a fit. And unfortunately for them, right, you know, there wasn't a spot for them in the ACC. That's where they would, you know, and when the biggies broke up, that's where they would have liked to have gone because it's a different basketball league. And maybe, I mean, Syracuse would, would, would ideally, would would still love to be in the biggies, you know, in a, in a, in uh-huh. a you know, biggies basketball, but, but it was better for their, pro- so would BC, but it's better for their program in, in pit too, but, but it's a better fit in the ACC because it's all sports. Well, that's where Connecticut wanted to be, but again, they didn't have that option. And so that, that goes to show you, you know, the long hang, low hanging fruit gets left out. And that's, that's exactly what's going on in the, in stores right now. 
Let's move on to other trending stories this week. Charges were dropped against Florida defensive back Brian Edwards. This is a story, Chris, that you and I talked about when the initial charges were filed and his future was in peril. There were some other issues with some other players uh, from the Florida Gators. But now that the charges have been dropped, uh, we expect to see Brian Edwards on the field for the Gators now. Well, I I would suspect I haven't heard uh, anything definitive. I'm sure that they will... um you know, it, it will likely play out to where that is likely to be the case. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's been a – let's say it's been a tumultuous offseason around college football with a lot of different places, but certainly Florida has been one of them. They need some good news. So as this uh, as this plays out, um, it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, also, by the way, just to throw in um, a, a couple of other things that I, I thought were interesting in the past couple of days – um, that, that I that I think is noteworthy, the Auburn president resigning. Mm. Big, big because remember who gave Gus Malzahn that big contract Correct. Uh, extension? The, the, so the one guy in his corner, you know, not in his corner. Now, obviously, the play on the field is going to determine it. Uh, we'll see. And the other thing that came out this week, LSU, uh, they're under investigation. Don't know what's going to come of it. The NCAA is looking in, obviously, into the basketball. Uh, Will Wade and that whole situation. But there is an issue, very distasteful situation. And since it's my hometown, it just popped into my mind. Um, but there was a um, there is a gentleman, a former LSU booster that's been disassociated with the program. But he was heading up. He was the CEO of a fundraising group for a children's children's hospital in Baton Rouge, Our Lady of the Lake Hospital. And it's been found out that he's embezzled anywhere between five hundred fifty and eight hundred thousand dollars, which is distasteful in its own right. That you know you're embezzling money. That's you know it's one thing. It's bad and it's wrong, Scott, to embezzle money from uh, you know other rich folks. That's bad. It's illegal. But when you do it for money that's earmarked to help sick children, that is beyond distasteful. But the, the, the part where it relates to LSU is it's found out that he um, gave money to James Edwards, the father, James Alexander, the father of Fidel Alexander who's now in the NFL uh, when he played for LSU. Now, you know, exactly how that's going to, the NCAA is looking into it. So those are a couple of things that, that happened in the last couple of days that, we're going to have to, well, in the LSU situation, time will tell. The Auburn situation, I don't know that it's going to affect Gus a whole lot, but I thought it was interesting in that uh, maybe the last guy uh, standing in Gus's corner um, mm-hmm. is, is not no longer there. Yeah, and that's a big issue if the last guy who was in his corner is no longer there heading into a season where a lot of people feel that he is on the hot seat. The One other interesting story, Chris, and I'm not sure how much we even know about this, but the state of California is possibly ruling on a fair play act. It's, it's basically allowing players to profit off their names, images, and likenesses. And it was voted on earlier this week. It was in favor, right? Five in favor, one not voting, one absent. If it passed, it would be implemented in 2023. But the NCAA and their president, Mark Emmert, saying, hey, can we delay this vote? We, you know, we got to figure this thing out. If this gets passed and California is allowing collegiate athletes to profit off their names, images, and likenesses, 
could this become a major recruiting advantage for the California schools? I mean, if you're a player that wants to play college football but make a couple of bucks on the side, go to USC. Go to UCLA. Now you're allowed to make some money. Yeah, which is why it will not be allowed, and it will be something that's going to have to be legislated. And basically, it there will be pressure put into um, – the fact that, okay, just because the state allows it, uh-huh. uh, USC, U- UCLA, and all the other schools in California, as members of the NCAA, uh, while the state of California says it's okay, you can't do it uh, and, and still be a part of the process and st- still be a part of the NCAA. It's kind of like, uh, let's just take the NFL. Uh, and, and this may change, by the way, because they're looking into it, as you know, in the league. But currently, um, if you live in Colorado, and I believe in the state of Washington as well, Washington State, uh, the use of marijuana is legal. Mm-hmm. But you can't use it in the NFL and you're tested positive for it. You could be banned. It, and so, you know, I get sometimes I get a question. Well, it, 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 Chris, it doesn't matter. He's in Colorado. He can use it. It's, oh, it's, you, it's legal for him to use it in the state that he lives in. Uh, it's not legal to still be eligible to play in the NFL. This is going to be the same. T- I know it's a different thing altogether. I'm not comparing it, but but it's similar in that the NCAA just could disallow you and say you're not eligible if you do that. Um, we all know that the NCAA is looking into the possibility of doing this. Now, I'm just going to say it right now. I think this would be a disaster move, first of all. I disagree vehemently when people say players don't get anything. It's the dumbest thing I've heard. And it yep, just goes to show you the ignorance. Are you kidding me? They don't get I anything. Mm-hmm. Don't know what a college education is worth. Anybody that's having to pay their college education or have student loans, it's worth a lot. Now, could we do more? Potentially. Could we maybe provide a fund for where anybody that's doing good work in college as a student and their, their eligibility is up? allow them to be able to get their master's degree, maybe a doctorate, maybe go to dental school on the NCAA or the university's dime. Do that. I think you can create, take the revenue and put it for good use, not to throw guys, you know, two grand a month or whatever you want to pay them. Uh Because here's what's going to happen, Scott. If you allow that, you're just going to, you're going to open up, a Pandora's box that you'll never be able to close up because here's how it would work. You would then have, okay, you recruit these guys and, you know, Mr. Booster car dealer can have old Scott come by, shake a couple of hands, kiss a couple of babies and get a check for, you know, (laughs) $10,000 or 20 or whatever, whatever, how it depends on how good you are, you know, and I don't mean how good you are as a speaker, how good a player you are. So now what you're doing is you're giving a license for these guys to cheat. It's tough enough to control anyway. Now can you imagine, hey, he's a marketing guy. He came in and you tell me that they're going to have the means to say, oh, he really didn't give a good speech or he really didn't stay there very long. Are you kidding me? It's just going to be a license to cheat. And it's, to me, doesn't make any sense. And you talk about Wild Wild West it will be beyond bad. So mm-hmm. look, I, 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 the, the likeness, how many of that, how many guys is that really apply to in college football? I may apply Only more to college basketball. Yeah. Not many, 
So look, I mean, I, I think that it, it it good luck trying to figure out how you're going to legislate all this if you do that. I do think that there is potentially a way that if you take certain guys that maybe the 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 scarce few that maybe could fit into this category, maybe you create a fund where they can collect the money upon them graduating, uh, upon them leaving, and mm-hmm. maybe give them a larger percentage the longer they stay in school. Those are the type of things that I think has greater value to me. But the out and out, oh, by the way, we're going to pay them more. No, I don't got now. The, the other thing, too. You can you, you likeness is how many of that's it's gonna gonna factor in. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know how many of them are gonna generate enough money, and that's gonna create some imbalance too with certain guys. And there, I, I just think it's a bad mix. Now, here's the other thing that I would just like to say that's it's on topic, but it's maybe an addendum to this. People say, oh, they ought to pay more money to these players. Listen, I think there is ways that they can do a little bit more. But let me remind everybody, because I don't think people focus enough and understand this enough, Scott. When President Nixon signed in Title IX, that changed everything. Understand that you can't use certain funds, particularly state funds, government funds, where a lot of these scholarships are coming from, and athletic scholarships, to where Title IX says, by law, okay, this is not NCAA rule, it's by law that says, what you give to the male athlete, the female athlete needs to get. And it's dollar for dollar, scholarship for scholarship. So what it really comes down to is if you were to pay every player something, first of all, there is not enough money to pay them. People don't understand, Scott, that when they read about all this money that's in, they don't read about what it costs to run an athletic department. And when you've got, let's say, 20 sports, and 18 of them lose a lot of money, you know, where do you think that money's coming from? And there's very few programs now. Now, there's a little bit more with the new TV deals, but there's very few programs, literally, that have enough money to pay. So if we're talking about paying players in general, you think that that college football is blue bloods and you only got a handful of – I mean, literally, you you could – you could have your playoff. It could be a six. It would only be 16 teams that can compete anyway. And you can start the playoffs week one. Cause there mm-hmm. won't be, a, there won't be 20 teams that will be able to afford to pay all the, cause you would have to pay the gymnasts and whatnot. People say, Oh no, you just pay the football players, the basketball players. There's the only one making money. No, by law, you can't do that. And so unless, you know, we're going to Congress is going to change things. Looks and everything is subject to, to, to be done. You got a you got a big issue here that I don't think people know and understand. And the whole woe is me that all the poor player is abused and doesn't get this or that. I think there are things that they can do to put funds in for players' education, post-eligibility. I think there should be money put into a fund for student athletes who are injured. You know, we talk about the fund for retired football players, for example. Uh for, for folks that I think putting a fund for, for college football players that get injured, that need some help and assist. I think those things are good. And I think we need, 
we need to look more in towards, uh, towards those lines. And anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox because this, this is something <laughs> no, that I'm really – No, I'm up there with you. I'm up there with really, you. I agree. It really ticks me off when people get into the – just pay the player. Because here's the thing. It's the ignorance of – and I don't want to get political here, but it's the ignorance of, you know, let's make everything free. Hey, we can do – we we free everything. They don't know a clue. You know, it, it sounds good when you discuss it, but, you know, that's why half the country is in debt, well, you know, because we, we don't understand that there comes a price tag with everything. Somebody has to pay it, and there's not the money that you think when you have to pay the other sports on campus and keep them afloat. It's just not as much money to pay in the way people think. I think you can do better. I think you can increase the revenue, but I don't think – you can do what a lot of folks want, and I think if you did it and you allowed outside influences like your likenesses, I think you're opening the door. You think there are problems with sugar daddies paying players. Now you have the license to do it where you can literally, when you find out that money's being funneled, it's no longer being funneled. Hey, it's a marketing deal. You know, are you kidding me? then everything's going to be open and it's going to be a cheating palooza. How's that? I invent that word. Cheating. There palooza. You go. <laughs> who was, uh, who was the quarterback that had the job at the, at the car dealership? It was a no-show job though. And he got paid oh, for it. Um, it was, it was, was, it, was it Oklahoma? What, no. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think if it was Brad, I don't know that it was Bradford. Um, I don't know if it's it, Sam Bradford. Was it, 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 it Red it could have been. I I don't remember who it was. You're you're right though. Was that okay? And, but look, that I don't happened. know. No, I'm, 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 yeah, there was there was a it was either Texas or Oklahoma yeah, no, or something. No, I know it was Oklahoma. He, I he had a no Oklahoma. show. He had a no show job at a car dealership. Yeah, like no, they said but, that he but, they but, said that he washed cars, but correct. everyone no, knew was, that he never it was a no show. I remember this story exactly. I just can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was. I, 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 I don't know if it I don't know if it was Sam Bradford, but it was right around that time. Yeah. Uh, in fact, maybe it might have been when he was a freshman. So somebody there, and it was at Oklahoma. But let me say this: my point is, everybody has one of those. This this was just fun. Everybody have one of those jobs where guys show up. Like like for example, you know, I mean, it, it was it, Red Bomar. It was Red Bomar. Okay. Yep. Well, and, there you go. And so, but but that is very common. Like like for example, you know. Um, I'll just say this. When I was at LSU, the, the big thing, there was a big construction companies. Um, oh, yeah. He's coming know, to he's coming to the construction site every morning. No, and yeah, no he, he wasn't. He wasn't putting a hat on. It was he had a little office job and he yeah. did that. And, and, and that's, what, that's what it's done. So you have some of that. Now, if you have the license to really do it. Oh, can you imagine? You know, it is like anything else. It's like when we talk about the transfer portal. Oh, it sounds like, yeah, they ought to have freedom to go anywhere. Then you realize 50% of them don't have a scholarship and they don't have a place to play football this year. And and they they would have had their scholarship had they stayed at their school. But because they left, they don't have a scholarship. They got nowhere to play because the school's not obligated. You're going to leave. We're going to use that scholarship somewhere else. Now, the great ones, everyone focuses, Scott, on the elite players. But that's that's point, you know, two percent of the players we're talking about, and it's the ninety nine point, you know, five eight percent that people just don't think and don't know, 
and they throw stuff out there and they try to make college football like NFL. And it's different. There's a reason it's different. It's not perfect. Got a lot of flaws. We can improve things. But quite frankly, the suggestions from people that don't know their head from their rear end about what goes on in college athletics is cut is, is aggravating. It's nauseating. And it's very, very frustrating. Mm, absolutely. All right, Chris, I want to transition to a fun topic. I read this article earlier here on Tuesday and it just got my juices flowing. What can I say? You know, when it comes to sports gambling, I get a little. <laughs> the, the 2019. By the way, let's yes. just, just tell us, tell everybody. Because you have a fantastic podcast that focuses. That's right. On so tell us, tell everybody about what you do regularly on that, because that is a if great you, If you're into the sports betting, join me and my co-host Brandon Lang from Two for the Money fame on the Sharp Edge Sports Betting Podcast, which is also brought to you by Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, we do everything when it comes to the world of sports betting. And one of the topics we're going to be diving into, Chris, is college football win totals. The first win totals for the 29 season were released. FanDuel Sportsbook for all 130 FBS teams, with the exception of uh, Rutgers, because in New Jersey, you cannot wager on any college events that occur in the state of New Jersey. So, no, no. So, this is what I found interesting. Not the fact that Clemson leads the way at a projected win total 11 and a half. So whether you think they're going to win more than 11 or less than you know 12, that's the, that's the wager line, 11 and a half wins. That doesn't surprise me. Clemson projected to win the most games. What surprises me is that there's only six programs that are projected according to the sportsbook win totals to win double-digit games. Those six are Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Boise State. No other school is projected double-digit wins, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Do we have the numbers for those? uh, I have all the numbers. So Clemson leads the way. 11.5 is their betting line. Alabama and Georgia are next at 11 wins. Ohio State and Oklahoma, 10.5. Boise State, 10. Well, uh, Boise is interesting. We'll start from the bottom because this is a very good team. In fact, I think that Boise and Memphis are the two best G5 teams, group of five teams going into the year. And you look at their schedule. Well, that's um, the thing. You can, almost pick, you can almost pick Boise State every year to win double-digit games because their schedule is going to be so weak. They play Florida State the first game of the year. That's their toughest test of the season in terms of a big school and that might not even be a big test well and it's it's as about to say it's a gettable game uh, comparatively speaking to what it normally is or you know traditionally is um so it 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 certainly makes some sense but but it it comes down to the schedule if you look at it in a 12 game schedule in their league Sometimes there's a really good team or two, maybe even three that could be, you know, speed bumps. And then if you play a couple of really good teams out of conference, which they normally do at least one, what depends on who that is. Uh, Florida State, State, uh, BYU. Right. right. Florida State, you know, out of in, in a in a in a typical like in a good year, that's probably a loss. It's not for them. 
So you're right. I mean, you look at it. Marshall, what? Marshall, Portland State. Uh, I mean, you know, Air Force, UNLV, Hawaii, at BYU. BYU struggling a little bit. That's still, you know, yeah, Wyoming's decent. Utah State's a pretty good team. Colorado State. No, listen, we I could I be. Think, we could be looking at. We could be looking at a New Year's Six team right here with this well, schedule. We could be looking at the highest rated Group of Five school. Yeah, it it, it will depend though because. Memphis could have a really good record with a more challenging schedule and could be ranked higher. We'll, we'll see with Boise's reputation. No, so that's conversation for November and October. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but absolutely, now you have a look at it. Memphis, Memphis if you're Memphis, curious, Memphis yeah, is projected nine, nine wins for Memphis. Okay, and you look at their schedule. Now, they're a little bit more competitive in the league. Tulane will be a little bit better. Houston is, is going to be good. South Florida, Cincinnati is a good team. So they got, you know, Navy is, oh, yeah. is no no layup. And, and Ole Miss, beginning of the year, I, I think they get a good chance to beat Ole Miss. But um, they got more, you know, in conference with attrition. You could see a, maybe a loss, maybe two by Memphis. But I see them being kind of a 10 or 11 win team. Mm. Uh, 11 wins, you know, yeah. I mean, certainly if they're unbeaten, uh, it'll be interesting to see where, where it goes. Uh, and listen, but, but uh, you know, Boise's schedule is not going to match up very well unless they beat Florida State. Florida State surprises everyone and wins like eight or nine games, which I don't see. But, I mean, it's just a very weak schedule, and I just don't know in conference that it's going to hold up, you know, if if BYU wasn't so down. Um, So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Now, Oklahoma, uh, that is uh, – so you look at Boise, I don't know what you – I definitely would take the over. I mean, I, I would I take the I would take the over on Boise absolutely, especially I mean, I, I think if, if they yeah. beat Florida State to start the year. They're, they're I think they're a lock for eleven wins. Yeah, I mean, certainly if they beat yeah if they beat Florida if they beat Florida State, mm-hmm. I mean they're they're definitely you know going to win eleven I think. But you know Oklahoma uh, a little bit more challenging. Um, I think that is a little bit iffy. I think Ohio State as well. I think there's a little bit of a challenge, and we'll see. Um, new changes there, Georgia, uh, Alabama, love Alabama. I mean, 11 wins. Are you kidding me? Who's going to beat Alabama on their schedule? Think about it. Now, uh, Georgia, to me, I'm not quite sure that I see it the same way that these better they play, Georgia plays Notre Dame this year. In, in, they in play season. Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, they do play Auburn. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I look at it and say, you know, South Carolina, Florida, excuse me, Florida. I mean, you got, mm-hmm. you got Florida, you got they, Auburn. They, they could lose three games. You know, I mean, I, I know, I don't think they will lose it, but, but 11, man, are you kidding me? I mean, to me, um, I mean, I'm taking the under there. Cause I just, I think that George is really good. And I think they're better than everybody on their schedule talent wise. I do. And, and remember they, Georgia and Alabama don't play until the SEC championship game, yep. which I think they will. But I, I just think that there is definitely, and and I think they'll, I think they'll definitely beat Notre Dame at home. Um, I think they'll beat Tennessee, South Carolina. I, I think the Florida game, and then we don't know how healthy they'll be, and they go on the road play Auburn. Um, that and then I, I think that Georgia is probably gonna go through the regular season unbeaten i do if you if you said which i think personnel wise but i kind of look at them as 11 and one you know and so that kind of puts them there and i say all right between florida 
Auburn, you know, maybe Georgia probably wins it. So I, I, I guess I see the numbers. I, I see it. They're better than everybody on their schedule, but I think they're a little bit more dangerous. It's Alabama that I'm looking at and saying, man, I mean, only LSU. I was about to say, it's the only that's game. It. And that's, and that's in, that's in Tuscaloosa too. Yeah, it's not going to, and it's not going to happen. I mean, AM's not going to beat them in College Station. Uh, I mean, it is a weak schedule. I, yep. I would say, again, the, the team that may be most likely to beat them is the team that's had some success before, and that would be if Alabama's beaten up, Auburn. Auburn tends to pull a shocker and beat Alabama. And t- I, I, I just, if you were to tell me of the two, Alabama-Georgia, with the 11-win the 11 total projection, mm-hmm. I would say that I feel more comfortable about Alabama going 12-0 than Georgia going 12-0. Um, and, and yet I think that there's a good – I think there's a really good chance that they're both 12-0. But I would say that uh, that the chances are much – that are better and maybe much better for Alabama. I don't see anybody beating Alabama. I don't see anybody that even if Alabama doesn't play their best um, – I don't see anybody beating Alabama in the regular season. So I think I think Alabama season and maybe Georgia season start in the SEC championship game. So interesting yeah. there. Now Clemson is the one that, you know, it's eleven and a half. And boy, that's which a, means which means either, which means it's there, undefeated huh? or not, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and and here's the thing. I would say that of these, the one that I mean, Boise and Alabama are the two that I would absolutely you know, put money on and say that's where I would say that they're going to win the over on that, both of those teams, Alabama particularly, and then Boise. Because here's the thing about Clemson. Yes, they are better than anybody on their schedule. But what does Clemson tend to do? Lose that one game. game. They tend (laughs) to lose the game. They tend to, I mean, and it's been to Syracuse. That's and been that, and guess and guess where they're going this year? Back to the Carrier yeah. Dome. And and then you know, who knows? I mean, I thought last year would you know it it it'll be somebody else perhaps that'll just they'll sleepwalk in a game and remember this is not this is a talented team but a young team. This is not the Clemson team of last year. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a pretty good shot that Clemson loses a game just for no other reason in that they just tend to do it. They should be 12 and 0. But the 11 and a half, uh, I would have in my opinion, if I were doing it, I and again, this is all done on what the betting public thinks. You remember? Yes. But if I were looking at it just from a pure football standpoint, I would have Alabama as 11 and a half, meaning I would have to make sure that you you'd have to I'd have to tease you out there to take cuz I think that Alabama 12 and 0 is really, really good shot. Whereas Clemson, I could see, I could have them at 11. That would be where I would be more interested because I think that um, you get a push if Clemson loses one game. I don't think they're losers to lose, lose two. Interesting. I'll give, you, I'll give you one more team that I think is interesting. And I think that it's be, because it's such a national team, it's going to get a lot of action. Texas is at nine and a half, and they have two tough really tough games on their schedule they play lsu but that game is in austin they play the red river rivalry of course that's going to be at the cotton bowl uh other than that this is a texas team that is going to have a lot of hype behind them this year the west virginia game is in morgantown so that might be a difficult test there 
Is this a nine and three team? Is this a 10 and two team? I think that's the debate right there. Nine and a half to me seems to be the perfect line. I think they lose to LSU. And I think they lose to Oklahoma. Um, I think that there are four games that are dangerous outside of those two mm-hmm. that are dangerous. The you West Virginia West, game? You meant West, you mess in West Virginia, going to TCU. TCU is going to be a good team, underrated team this year. Going on the road, TCU's got a good chance to beat Texas. I think at Iowa State's going to be really difficult. There you go. Ames is always the place where it's your season gets ruined. <laughs> they ruined so many seasons there. Yeah, and then and then don't count out an improving Baylor team could give them trouble. Now, do I think they'll lose uh, all four? No, I think they'll of those groups. I think they'll beat Baylor. I, I think they come out in in between West Virginia and Iowa State win one of those, but. I'll say right now, and again, this is just so dumb to be talking about a game in October <laughs> that you don't know it helped. But but going into it, I think that uh, October 26th, yeah. I think T- TCU got a good chance of beating. So I, I think I think go under. They're they're uh, they're they are three lost teams. So I think they're nine and three type team. Personally, they could win ten, but I think it's probably more nine and three. And I don't know where that third loss is going to come from. Mm-hmm. My my bet would be TCU, um, and then you know obviously I think there's I think there's a better chance that they're eight and four than ten and two, personally. But I think nine and three is the sweet spot, and so um, go under. I, I think they go under there personally. All right. Well, this is a lot of fun. I can't wait to get more into the lines and the win totals and actually the point spreads as we get closer and closer to the season here on the college football film room, because we're not just going to pick the games, Chris, and and give the fans our, our predictions, but we're coming at it from a different way of analyzing it. It's not just about the trends. Oh, they've won this many or they're 11 and two in their last you know road games. No, no, no. We watch the film. We break down what every team does well, their strengths, their weaknesses, how they line up against each other, and that's where we evaluate these teams playing against each other. I cannot wait for the season to start. We're under 70 days until the season, yeah. Chris. Uh, it'll be here before you know it. There's no question about it, and, uh, and and certainly it'll be a long season, and the landscape of the teams will change. And, again, everybody focuses so much because of the nature of college football of what you project going into the season – but it is a – it's not a static sport. I mean, it is a constant every day. You either get better or you get worse. And and teams will, will be different in October than they are in September, in November than they are in October. And, and it may be better, may be worse, but they won't stay the same. Mm-hmm. And that's for everybody. And that, that will certainly have an effect. So a, a lot of these games, you know, I may sit there and, and clearly say in October – uh, no, no, no. Texas is much better than TCU. Whereas right now I don't see that. Uh, and that's part of what we're going to do. The film kind of takes you to that point. So you're absolutely right. That's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to break it down this year. Yep. And uh, coming up next week on the program, we're going to get into some transfer players, the impacts that they're going to have on their new schools, plus continue our unit breakdowns. We'll stick on the defensive side of the football and we'll take a look at some defensive units around college football. But you can get all of the unit breakdowns and all of the analysis on the rosters heading into the college football season by heading to LandryFootball.com. Get a complete breakdown of the rosters. 
detailed film room analysis, player grades. Learn how coaches and scouts evaluate players as they are preparing for the season. Listen to free podcasts every day on LandryFootball.com from college football, including the new daily SEC and Big Ten podcasts to the NFL to deep into the scouting and coaching world. It's all at LandryFootball.com. And Chris, the scouting season sale is still going on. It is, and you know, we're really excited about it. We know the, we've gotten great feedback for the folks that are members. And listen, we've got a lot of free stuff that Scott mentioned, but certainly with a very, very affordable price for our members, we're breaking down the NFL rosters. We're breaking down the college rosters, getting you ready uh, better than ever before. Whether you, you you look at it from a you know fantasy standpoint, a gambling standpoint, whether you just want to know more about these teams, that's what we do for you at LandryFootball.com. And then our notebooks every day are chock full of, right now, recruiting information. The month of June is just, I mean, we are getting, big-time schools are getting 2021, 22nd commitments overall in their class of 25. A lot of top guys and even into 2021 class. So a lot of recruiting information as well. And then the film room nuggets that I always like to bring out uh, the on the college scene and the NFL scene of what's going on with roster movements, who's going to be guys to look out for at each spot. And, you know, we have a little today, we've got a lot of pit news and a couple of days ago is Iowa. And then we pick a little part of, you know, each team every day, along with the complete breakdowns of the roster. So uh, one-stop shopping football for the college and NFL fan LandryFootball.com. We encourage you to join us and hope to see you there. Yeah, follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. Follow me at Scott's On Air. And you can submit your questions. Anything you want to know about the world of college football, just hit us up on Twitter and we'll answer your questions on a future episode of the podcast. The College Football Film Room is available wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on Believe.com. That's B L E A V.com. Until next week, Chris. Hey, look forward to it, Scotty. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.